Pioneers Post podcasts at pioneerspost.com. On 25th of January 2011, the so-called Arab Awakening spread to Egypt. 17 days later, the country's dictator, President Mubarak, resigned from office. It was a monumental day in history, but it marked the beginning, not the end, of Egypt's journey to democracy and stability. Two and a half years on, the country finds itself under the increasingly controlling hand of the Muslim Brotherhood, and it's reached an economic low. Nonetheless, Dr. Imam Babaz, VP of Ashoka General and Regional Director of Ashoka Arab World, is optimistic. Ashoka UK invited Dr. Bibaz to London to speak at an event hosted by law firm Hogan Lovells. Pioneers Post went along to hear more about the situation in Egypt today, as well as how social entrepreneurs are playing an important role in building a new society. I'd like to start by saying something. I have never called it the Arab Spring, and I will never call it the Arab Spring from day one. This is an American term. We love the Americans, they're nice and everything. But uh, this is an Arab awakening. Uh, after years and years and years of being uh, under dictatorship in different countries in the Arab world, we still are, including Egypt, under dictatorship, even a worse one, a theocracy. But after many years, people for the first time in their lives started to have a voice, started to speak out, started to talk for themselves. We are 90 million in Egypt. It is true that we have 90 million philosophers and politicians now and people who have a, a, an opinion on everything. It has its problems, but at the end, at least they have a voice. Democracy as we want it will come. We have to pay the price and democracy and freedom is not a cheap thing. So you guys have to appreciate what you have. It is not cheap. You had to go through the Industrial Revolution, you had to go through wars in Europe, the French had to go through the guillotine for 17 years, the Americans had to go through a war between the South and the North in order to get democracy. So it's not gonna, it's not, there is no magic wand, you know? The kids who went in for the revolution will just draw the wand like this, there is no Harry Potter in Egypt. We don't have that. So it will take time. I just want to say this because in 50 years, my grandchildren, I'm not sure I will be around, will look back and say, yes, what happened in January 2011 is the best thing that happened in Egypt, and what's happening in the Arab world is good. We thought that after the revolution, after all these people, kids, we will get a better government. What happened is we got a group, who are the Muslim Brothers, who's, who are really a fascist party, and who are only interested in maintaining their power. In less than six months since Morsi became the president, there was a constitution that prohibits liberties, that undermines the constitutional court, and that undermines women. Uh, there are now people being are abducted, kids are being killed by militias of the fundamentalists, and there are attacks on the Christians, and of course women are being attacked in a very collective and organized manner. Unfortunately, we are even in a theocracy worse than before, uh, and even, you know, there is no safety, there is no security, there is no economic policies. It is really a mess. Uh, but, again, I say this is like the French Revolution, we, it's a price to pay. Egyptians will not leave uh, their countries and they will not leave the right to become individuals because this is what the revolution gave us. And social entrepreneurs are there to address social challenges. We started again uh, our own thing in the streets f four weeks ago. We started. And so a week ago or two or ten days ago, Morsi came on TV and he was warning people in the canal cities. These were the areas that are usually, you know, uh, very, very, the strongest Egyptians in Alexandria. These are the ones who always start revolutions in Egypt. So Morsi comes out and threatens everybody and says, 
we are going to put, we are not going to tolerate what you have done. You are all vagabonds and thugs and terrible people. And a curfew will be set at nine o'clock, from nine at night till nine the next day. Okay, in the three cities, the army went, the police went, and these are small cities, very small. I mean, you know, there could be one district in Cairo, right? So it's it's, it's easy to control. The three cities started a festival, starting at 9 o'clock at night <laughs> until the next day. In Smailia, there were a tournament of a football tournament where the main uh, football teams in Egypt went to start the tournament, starting every day at 9 o'clock at night. The Suez have a song, the folkloric song, and Pursaid. They started singing. Normal Egyptians, normal veiled women with their kids and whatever, started picnicking. So there were food, every family would bring food down and put it in the, because these places have gardens, they're, they're nicer than Cairo. The whole three cities for a whole week were only awake from nine o'clock. And <laughs> I don't know, and they started a song calling Morsi very bad names, putting it on the internet and using some music and every saying, Morsi, it is nine o'clock, you are whatever. Morsi, it is 10 o'clock, what are you doing about it? Morsi, it is 11 o'clock, what are you doing about it? And everybody, not one, and there were invitations. So people started going from Cairo, by the way, you know, to celebrate. And what is fascinating is the army started to play with them the football. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, you know, that's, a, that's one. The second one is they started raping girls in Tahrir Square, and I'm following a couple of the girls that have been raped, right? So what happened today? Thousands of Egyptian women from every, not us, from rural, uh, not rural, but from squatter areas, from middle class, middle, middle class, they now marched all of Cairo and said, women are a red line. And we are bringing the, the, the victory to Egypt. And groups of young people who were not involved started creating now protection on girls because we insisted that girls will still continue to go to the Hayyu Square and the palace. This, this spirit was not there. You know, during the last three weeks before the rigged referendum, more people went into the street than even in January to 11. Different types. My husband, who never does, went, you know. So uh, for me, that's the, the end of the world. But anyway, <laughs> the social media, the informal media is, of course, encouraging change making and, and encouraging people with new ideas. Uh, the official media, no. The official media is, is not only, first of all, the official media is even worse than during Mubarak's time. You know, the lies are blatant. They undermine social organizations. They undermine citizen sector. They call them either the, the, that they are either infidels or spies, you know, in a very stupid way. So these are the official, but nobody respects the official media anymore. But the informal media, the private media, of course not. There are so many people with new ideas that social media is now much more important than the, than the printed media and the official media. As I said, we have fellows now who have their own radios and everybody, and they have like five million people following them. We have the, uh, fellows that have um, TV on the internet and everybody's following it. You know, uh, the YouTube people, I mean, wonderful things is happening. I'm still discovering it, but it's, it's mushrooming, really. The number of young girls, 19 and 20, who started initiatives. They bought very cheap cameras and they distributed it and they have created their own chain and they take pictures of every guy who harasses a girl and they put it on the web. We have another group of girls, and, and, one, and this one is, is, is elected now, who has called herself the, the Girls' Revolution in Egypt. And again, she, she kinds of 
tells the story, allows girls to tell the stories, and follows with lawyers so that they can really catch the harasser and, and, and penalize him. So saying all that, social entrepreneurs, in my opinion, until we are able to get rid of the, the dictators, and, and, and we continue, we'll not forget it, social entrepreneurs are the way to see opportunities and at times when there are no sun. Social entrepreneurs are the ones that give us hope every day. And, and, and the internal media is about change making. That's why Ashoka has always been seen as the platform for social innovation and change making. And that's why we're having all these people. And that's why we created new venues for them because we couldn't tell them no. We couldn't say, no, 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 we only elect fellows, you know? So for example, in addition to the fellow, we created something called Ashoka Innovation Network so that we can cater to young professionals who are not Ashoka fellows but, but then we want to support them. We, we have uh, the Ashoka Salon, which has every week young people come and they sit with fellows and they sit with our business partners so they can discuss their new initiatives. We have created ambassadors. So in every area in Egypt now, we have the social entrepreneur ambassador who will be trained by some of our fellows and us. And then in the most remote areas is now trying to cater to kids who are coming with new ideas. For more Pioneers Post podcasts and films, visit pioneerspost.com, connecting social innovators across the globe.